We're on. We're on right now. Mark, absolute pleasure. Pleasure to meet you, mate. You too. Um, and I think we should give a thank you to Mission Motorsport for inviting us to the event, which is mega. Uh, for people watching, if you're in background noise, it's because we've got fast cars going past. We're in Silverstone next to the... Do you call it the pit straight? Yeah, start finish. The home straight, pit straight thing. Yeah. Anyway, it's not about the pit straight. It's about Mark today. <laughs> Look at the enthusiasm. <laughs> right. Mark White. Yep. Who did you serve with? Uh, 12 years with the RLC and 8 years MPGS. When did you, when did you, when did you leave? Uh, December 2018. When did you leave RLC? 2009. Early. February 2009. What was that like, getting out then? That was a tough time for me. Um, initially it was really good. I moved to the States. Things were really good. And then it didn't work out. Came back, tried to rejoin. It was the height of the recession. Yeah. I think Veng was a new thing at the time, so lots of people were staying on towards the end of the mid- their career. I was trying to get back in, and the vacancies just weren't there. Yeah, I forgot about Veng. Lots of people getting back in, there's like a bounty as well, aren't there? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's the end of MPGS? So that's when I tried to rejoin RLC. Um, at the time, I'd only been out officially on paper about eight months uh, as a up and thrusting sergeant thought it wouldn't be an issue to to rejoin but it was so I ended up joining the reserves deploying to Afghan with my old unit trying to come in through the back door Um, but whilst I was out on tour the SDSR came out and they were reducing my trade down to a third so I knew that there was no chance to rejoin what was your trade? Uh, postal and courier operator a what? postal and courier operator posting Oh, oh, right, sorry, I'm, no, I'm down, I'm partially left. Ah, right, okay, I'll, I'll see. It's like, it's like any, it's about, it's got probably the most diverse range yeah, of jobs massively. in the RLC. It's yeah. unbelievable, unbelievable. Like, if you want to go somewhere for a trade, or some, like, skill that isn't buckshy soldier stuff, mm-hmm. RLC engineers, I reckon, I don't know, you reckon? Yeah, no, I think you're right, and you, <laughs> it's quite easy, or it used to be quite easy to transfer between the different trades under the same cap badge. So Are you, you, um... Had you, sorry, had you been up to Afghan before the when you were out of the service? No, I've been to Iraq before yeah. in two thousand and three, but not Afghan at the time. What was it? We've got straight off the questions here. What was it like? Uh, <laughs> what was it like serving an operation when you were regular compared to serving an operation when you were reserve attached to a regular unit? What was that like? So I was a reserve. Sorry, I was a regular when I went to Iraq, and that was quite early on in the conflict. So I went out in January came back in June or July, so there wasn't a lot of infrastructure. You'd find when you'd move forwards, you were just setting up a setting up a base, so there was nothing there, no facilities. So although it was quite good, even as a loggy, to try and you know be out towards the front doing a little bit more warry stuff than, than what you would be doing back home, there was zero infrastructure. So towards the end, I'd kind of had enough, to be honest. Mm. That was Iraq? Yeah, 2003. But what I mean is, um, going out, serving as a reserve attached yeah, to you. So it was, it was okay. It wasn't a huge difference because when I deployed as a reservist, it was with a load of regular guys that I knew. Yeah, I knew them. Yeah, lucky in that, lucky in that respect. How many, uh, how many reserves did they have at time? How many of you reserves? Uh, there was going to be two of us that went out. Oh, okay. But the other one didn't go for whatever reason, so it was just myself. Oh, that's good. I remember, you know, we all the times we had reserves attached to us in different tours, but we always had loads of them. We always need to bolster up. But I think that goes back to the retention and recruitment problem with us. So when we were deploying, our units were always on the man. We got, I mean, I think we were in Afghan. The, the first time, it's like, 
it must have been 20, 30, 40 okay. reserves attached. Yeah. And then we had also some non-power edge mm. um, infantry units attached. I think the unit that deployed before us that we took over from, I think that was a reservist unit oh. that we took over from. So that's possibly why there wasn't many when I went. Ah, okay. Got you. Got you. Right. So, pull, can we pull this back on the questions? Hmm. Um, if you got, if you can remember, the most amusing memory. And the reason, the reason I ask this question is when, when you hear veterans talk about stuff to Civ Pop, you know, a lot of time focuses on the, the really tough stuff, the hard stuff, the hmm. serious stuff. But some of our most amusing stories, when you go, you go down the pub with your, with your, your old colleagues, mate, all these stories come out left, right, and Chelsea. Um, Anything is there anything that sticks in mind a bit? The last person I had on the snapshot, he was on about people. He was on about people getting flipping nicked and mm. all, all sorts of stuff. Someone with a pipe bomb in his room. And, like, yeah, it's not my proudest moment. I tried to do a. I think it's the first and only time I've ever tried to do it. it was a sorry, mum, a runner from a taxi in Egypt, and we had it set. We knew exactly what we were going to do. We got him to drop us off at the top of the hill. We were going to run down the side and then bomb it into camp. And as soon as we went to bomb burst out the car, we realised it had no door handles on the inside. <laughs> so it didn't go very well. well <laughs> no. So I, there was no door handle on my side. So my cop, I don't want to name him, I do, Dan. He, um, he got out. He got out. There was a door handle on his side. He jumped out, ran around. It was obvious I was panicking. Um, so the taxi driver knew exactly what was going on, but I was pretty drunk, so I was unaware. Um, yeah, by the time he'd let me out, he, he was on to us. What and, uh, Yeah, we got collared the next morning. Did what in camp? Yeah. Oh mate. Yeah. I'm not great. And but also, I'm I'm I reckon that an Egyptian taxi isn't that expensive. Probably not. But Biking. I didn't have my thinking head on. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. mate, that brilliant. Um, let's flip that then. Toughest experience so far. While serving, not necessarily. What should be your toughest? What has been your toughest experience? Um, probably a little bit of a toss-up between coming towards the end of my time in Iraq. Um, just didn't want to be there anymore. It was pretty rough. You know, I know there was guys out there that had it really tough. What year was this? Uh, two thousand three. Okay. Oh right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just the last sort of six weeks or so, which seemed really like a really long time. Just I didn't want to be there. Where were you based? Uh, ended up in Alamara. Not a nice place at all in 2003, was it? Uh, no, my memory's a little bit vague. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was I was ready to ready to leave. Well, Alamara is where all the RMPs got shot up. That's right. I was, that I was, was there for that. Yeah. Oh, that was 2005. Was 2003? Was it? There was an incident with RMPs in 2003. Oh, okay. For sure. I think it was. Oh, 2005. I think the book came out about it. Do you remember that? Mm. Six or seven. Five, no, five or six women were shot. That's right. Yeah. Good. Yeah, that was Alamara. Mm. Yeah, not a nice place, mate. Not a nice place. Um, did you have a camp? Was it as in a big camp? Because it wasn't big. Was it was a school they were operating out for a while, wasn't it? It was an old airport, I think. I'm oh, sure it, it had an air, air traffic control center. It was disused, but I'm sure it was a, an old airfield, an old airbase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of the people, when I ask that question, they they will they will highlight something to do with transition leaving the military as, yeah. a, as a tough experience you think Jesus there's people like yourself and them as well have experienced hideous hideous times mm. on operations but then they'll come back to the, the actually 
kind of just eat civilian life. It's hard. Yeah, so when... I'm not suggesting that's the case for you. No, it, was a, it would have been a toss-up between coming towards the end of my time in Iraq and when I left in 2009 as a you know fairly thrusting young sergeant doing well, thought I could rejoin only eight, nine months later and carry on where, where I left off. Um, I thought I was quite employable, um, but nobody was rejoining the military at the time. I knew the recruitment guy uh, in the careers office that was trying to help me. He gave it to me pretty frank and was like, it's not going to happen. I had a friend who worked in Glasgow who'd seen my application. and was like, I'm really sorry, mate, it's, it's not going to happen. He recommended joining the reserves with the TA at the time and doing the tour, which is why I did that. Uh, but unfortunately, that didn't work either. And then trying to gain regular employment, I ended up working in a felt factory um, where everyone who finished school started. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was cutting felt with people that were taking drugs in the toilet at lunchtime. It was really tough to, to find something half reasonable at the time. But second time round, a completely different story. Which is where you are now. Yep. Go on then. So, project manager, stroke workshop manager for the Figaro shop. We're based yeah. in Didcot, Oxfordshire. Yeah. And we restore classic cars, but mainly Nissan Figaros. Were you car buff before? Yeah, always been, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. How did you end up with Figaro then? Uh, so, they were advertising. So, they're where I settled. They're based. And they were recruiting for a workshop manager, stroke project manager. Uh, I saw an advert on one of the recruiting websites. It was quite old. It was about three months old. I read it and it seemed to fit me really well. I assumed it would be gone, but I applied anyway. And then um, I don't know, a couple of days later, I had an email from Toby, the boss man, asking if he could have a quick phone call to see if it was worth getting me in. So, Go on. Um, replied back straight away, had a quick chat, probably not even 10 minutes on the phone, invited me in for an interview with the general manager and the guy that I took over from. Um, maybe even that week went in for about an hour and a half everything seemed to go really well completely different um, than when I left previously it was really really smooth uh, I'd had a couple of interviews previously for some other jobs which went well and I think they really helped prepare me for this one also this one was a lot more in tune with my interests and not so much my skills but certainly my, my interests um, and I was invited back to meet with Toby and the general manager again and, and what role was this for? Uh, workshop manager. Workshop manager. Come on, Toby. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Did you, uh, so, is that right if we invite your boss up? As long as he says nice things, yeah. <laughs> no, is it, this is interesting because, yeah. right, if you're in the camera, it's, in, it's interesting because yeah. you're, in fact, what's your surname? Brooks. Toby, Toby Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, what's interesting to me here is, um, you were now you were looking to recruit more ex-military, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. So what what was attractive about not about not about him? Yeah, yeah. About no, no. How right. did what is attractive? No, no. Why are you looking for more ex-military? So I think that um, teams that um, teams that are more productive are diverse, and we always try and recruit from different backgrounds. So we've got people that might have entrepreneurial backgrounds. We've got some people that come from um, our industry, but people that come from all over the place. And one of the really big skills that you get from people that have come from the military is the sort of growth mindset and the way that they can put their mind to things 
solve problems. Um, also, company culture and and team building is really important to us, and it comes instilled in people like Mark. And so, it's important for us to find more people that have got got those skills. And also, if it if it's helping people that are having a hard time transitioning um, into into normal working life, then we know that it's um, yeah, it's good for society as well. So it's. And that really works for us as a company. If it's if it's if it's positive for society and it's positive for our business as well, then it ticks all the boxes. So that's why. Yeah, true. I work, my my day job is a bit for him in Marsat. So Satcom's company is one of the reasons I'm here today. Mm. I'm here under HR guys and, and and with them, they see the same thing with with, with a diverse background. And uh, absolutely right. One of the things I've I've come to learn and understand over the last, I've been with them just over a year now, is how how important diversity is, mm. but the fact that I can learn as much from a civilian as they can from me, mm. and because of my not yeah, yeah. Mr. Brain out of them or their Mr. and Mrs. Brain out. Yeah, yeah. You just got such different backgrounds and experiences, and you can it's cross training. It's what mm. it is, and mm. just mm. bring that experience that otherwise other that they would otherwise never get to yeah, experience, yeah. and vice versa. And it makes the workplace a much better, more productive workplace. Yeah, definitely. Um, so. How many, so figure out for how many people? Uh, so we've got 25 people and we've got quite a lot of growth over the next year or so. And so that was why we decided, we did a we did an event at, um, at Formula One that was a, a sort of forces Williams, aware, yeah. awareness day at Williams, yeah, oh. which, which was nice. And then we met some people there and um, they recommended this event and we signed the covenant and stuff. And we think that, um, yeah, it's a nice route to take. So we've met as many people as we can today. Um, other agencies that will hopefully, you know, CTP and people like that, that might be able to help us and we can help them. So. Yeah, definitely. You obviously tied in with James Cameron as well, haven't you? Yeah, I know James from before. We've, um, okay. we've done some of this before, like driving cars and stuff. Yeah, that's, that's what's good about this, this sort of veterans community at the minute, especially where work's concerned. Mm. Yeah, it seems to me like companies, whether they're veteran owned companies or not, who are interested in employing veterans or um, supporting veterans the lines of communication between companies who might otherwise be competitors mm. is very is very positive lines of yeah, communication yeah. so when I said earlier I mentioned you about another company if you thought about speaking to them because yeah, yeah. even though they're also in a similar area to what you are they may, mm. may be able to provide you advice on yeah, yeah. where you can get certain veterans from which is good it's, it's positive we uh, definitely found that today there's a really nice atmosphere isn't there and some of the guys we were speaking to the guy at per temps and stuff even though you know yeah, everyone wants they, to help. they would want to you know that would be a um, a transaction for them they're just happy to help you know, just that's good yeah, yeah. Um, where can people find out more about uh, Figaro uh, so they can just look up the Figaro shop online um, on Facebook or on um Type the Figaro shop in and you'll get us on um, on Insta. Google, yeah, on Insta, anywhere. Yeah. Um, but if they contacted me or Mark um, at the Figaro shop, we could talk to them about opportunities. We've got a, a page on our um, the front of our website that's got job opportunities. But there's a lot more than the jobs that are actually on there. So if somebody thinks that they're interested in classic cars and they want to join a team and join a culture that's gonna, you know. They're going to do productive work and feel good when they get out of bed, even if they haven't got the skill set. We'd love to just talk to them, and they obviously, you know, we've got Mark that will help people to transition because he's done the journey, and we'd love to be able to help people and grow our team. So, good, yeah, absolute pleasure. Good luck. 
Thanks very much. Good luck. Thanks, man. And, um, yeah, good luck. <laughs> 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 See, like,